0: We got the Off The Dome Podcast on a Tuesday. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Off The Dome Podcast. Um, this episode is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to a new edition of the Off The Dome Podcast. Um, we have a lot to discuss today in this brief hour, so uh, let's get right, right to it. So yesterday, during this podcast and on my, and on my Twitter page, I had an epic rant about how the Philadelphia Eagles handled their, handled their situation in regards to how they were going to approach the game against the Washington football team, how Doug Peterson's comments were very hypocritical, and how, it, and how he lost the locker room, and I said that it was a privilege to play in this league, and what Doug Peterson and the Eagles did was they ruined the integrity of the game. Um, and I, and you know, my reaction to it, I thought it was disgraceful. And so yesterday, New York Giants head coach, Joe Judge, uh, react for the Eagles, not playing to win against the Washington football team. And when the Giants had a chance to get into the playoffs, pending on if the Eagles had beaten the Washington football team and Joe Judge, um, had a very heartfelt, um, rant after a uh, rant yesterday. So I'm going to play you what he said, um, and how he approaches, um, coaching these games, uh, regardless of what their record is. And it really got me. Um, uh, this is what Joe judge said, um, to reporters yesterday. I'm going to play this video.
1: Had a lot of people opt in to this season. Okay. We had a lot of people opt in. All right. Coaches, players, that includes family members as well. All right, so to look at a group of grown men who I asked to give me effort on a day-in, day-out basis and to empty the tank and then I can look them in the eye and ensure them that I'm always going to do everything I can to put them at a competitive advantage and play them in a position of strength. To me, you don't ever want to disrespect those players and their effort and disrespect the game. The sacrifices that they made to come into work every day and test before coming in to sit in meetings spaced out, to wear masks, to have shields over those masks, to go through extensive protocols, to travel in unconventional ways, to get text messages at 6.30 in the morning telling them practice is going to be canceled. We have to do a virtual day, okay, to tell them, please don't have your family over for Thanksgiving. Please avoid Christmas gatherings. We know it's your wife's birthday. Let's make sure we put that one off to the off season. There's a number of sacrifices that have been made by all the players and coaches in this league, There's a number of sacrifices that come along as well with the family members, the people connected to them. To disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win, we will never do that as long as I'm the head coach of the New York Giants.
0: So yes, that that's what Joe Judge said yesterday, and I yes, I a hundred percent agree with him. My just looking at it just from a, like a football perspective and being uh, objective as possible, I think he's saying it also for selfish reasons. Considering his team had a chance to go to the postseason, but he but regardless, he's absolutely right. You play to have your your players ready in every game, regardless. Like I said this yesterday. I would kill to be an athlete in the NFL right now. I'm sure tons of people from my high school and tons of people uh, from the University of Illinois football team would kill to be in the NFL right now. So uh, Joe Judge is 100% right on the money with that one. And and you know what? I, I, I He's right. And yes, people want to say, oh, this team had six wins in the NFC least. Oh, he, should, he has no right to talk. Okay, well... If you look at the Giants' roster and look how they started the year one and seven, I mean, considering what they were at now, being one of the better defensive teams in the league, having like having a a, a whole, a, in my opinion, a not good quarterback, an in. Incon- being without Saquon Barkley for the year with the torn ACL, and the fact that he still won six games with his roster, including one win with Colt McCoy as his quarterback, I mean, if Joe Judge's team had, like, a better record than the Washington football team or have had an over five hundred record or won the division, I I might have put him in my Coach of the Year um, consideration along with Ron Rivera, Brian Flores, Kevin Stefanski, and Sean McDermott. I mean, look, he did the best job he could with a very thin thin offense, um, with a quarterback that turns the ball over every single time, um, every single game. Um, a defense that they rely, they rely solely on how their defense performs, and their defense has kept them in every game. And you know what? If you want to say, well, they had six wins, they have no right to talk, and they, he's only saying it for selfish reasons, I'll admit, yeah, he's saying it from a... I could. He's probably being a little biased towards it because he was he, because he his team's not in the playoffs. But he's absolutely right. And if you ask like any of the Eagles players, they would tell you that it was BS what Doug Peterson did. I mean, seriously, what what was what? So ju- so say that I don't care how what your record is. Say that you still have a chance to get in to the playoffs. I mean, look, it's like saying that. I mean, it's, it's like saying that you um, are, are playing in a pool among the worst um, hoopers in a two-on-two tournament. And you're, you're, you and your hoop squad in a bad tournament, in a very unathletic tournament, you still have a chance to win despite your bad record. You still have a chance. That's a bad comparison I just made. I'm not great with comparisons, but the point I'm trying to make is is that, look, you still still had a chance to make it. You still were put in that position. I don't care what division you're in. I mean, look... 7-9 Seven and nine that the football team is in is basically the same right now in the playoffs as the Chiefs with a 14 and two record. I mean once you're in the playoffs, it's zero and zero. I don't give a crap like what people say, oh, six six wins. I mean the Eagles play for nothing. They should have played for personal pride. They were playing for their jobs. They were playing for to put food on the table. They were playing to still have a job in the NFL. They are still playing for that. And Joe Judge said that he was gonna put his team in a competitive advantage as possible. When I s I, I didn't pay attention to the Giants a whole lot. I, I rarely I don't even I barely talked about them on this show. But when I saw the Giants play, I at least saw them compete in every game possible. Yes, they, they would suck on offense. Yes, sure they could get blown out some games, but they at least tried. They at least played to win every game. You know? I mean, look, the New York Giants were one of the worst teams in the league last year with Pat Shermer as I coached. They at least competed in most games. So, no, I have no problem with what Joe Judge said at all. I think he's right on the money. So, for the criticism saying it was a meaningless game, every game in the NFL is important. I I went on an epic rant yesterday, and and I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm I'm not an Eagles fan. Um, I don't associate with them at all. But if I were a fan, I would be heartfelt for how Zach Ertz and Jason Kelsey felt after that game. I mean, they were crying. They were bawling. And J.J. Watt, last uh, on week 16 after the loss to the Bengals, he said the same thing. It's a privilege to play in the NFL. And you know what? He's in a similar situation with Houston where he doesn't know if he's going to be back in Houston next year. So look. It's a privilege to play. I don't give a crap if they... The NFC East is the worst division ever. I don't even care if the division winner won five games. You're still in the playoffs, okay? You still want to win these games. You still have the chance to win. So, no, I have zero problem with what Joe Judge said. I think the timing of it, it was a little bit biased because he, his team could have made the playoffs. But in reality, he's right on the money, you know? If... um. If, say that the Rams played the Cardinals earlier before the Bears-Packers game, um, or, or say that the Cardinals had a better record than the Bears going into yesterday, say that the Cardinals beat the Rams, the Bears would still compete against the Packers, regardless if they're not in the playoffs or not. It's Green Bay, you know? Who wouldn't want to play against Green Bay? I mean, look, that, that's just my take on it. I mean, I think the whole... Some people like saying that Joe Judge and the Giants are just being clowns just because they could have made the playoffs. I think that's ridiculous. I 100% stand with Joe Judge for what he said, and I feel so bad for the, for the Eagles players and the, for, for having to deal with Doug Peterson not playing to win that game um Nate Sudfeld I don't know I, I he's 6'6 huh, kind of like Nick Foles plays a hey plays in that system I will say that I mean I did some research about it I mean Doug Peterson had a similar background to Nate Sudfeld getting back get being a backup quarterback and not getting a lot of reps and being bounced around kind of like how Nick Foles was it's kind of a similar system I get that from that perspective but the timing of it was really bothering me. If you would have played Nate Sudfeld with a 10 point when they were down fifth, ten or twelve, I'd be and Jalen Hurts clearly struggling. I'm like, sure. But you were down three points. And if you were a field goal away from tying and Jalen Hurts could have potentially won that game for you. That the timing of it was off. I don't necessarily doubt Doug Peterson's like thinking it of all. I just doubt the way, how the timing of how he approached it. That's all I'm saying. That's my rant on the whole NFC East uh, fiasco. Um, this will be the last day I talk about it. Uh, the only time I'm the only the last day I'm going to be talking about the Giants and the Eagles. Um, uh, and that's the only, Those are the finally. I'm not talking about the Giants, Eagles, or Cowboys. I'm just solely going to focus on the Washington football team against the Bucks when we when the playoffs start. Speaking of the Washington football team, uh, let's get into Chase Young. So Chase Young, apparently, you know the saying is uh, when you when you ran into when you run into someone, um, or saying that you want to have beef to get to have beef with someone, you want to face a quality opponent, or uh, in boxing match, uh, you want to face the best fighter. The saying for that, in my opinion, like is what Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, what their podcast is called. It's called All the Smoke. Chase Young wanted all the smoke with Tom Brady. Um, And Chase Young said after the game, I'm going to try to pull up the um, quick five, six second video here, is, quote, um, I I want Tom. I want Tom Brady. I'm going to see if I uh, have this – video here. I'm not going to play it. It's not really on YouTube, but he did say, I want Tom Brady after the game. And Bruce Arians said after the game, you better be careful what you wish for. So here is here was my thoughts on what Chase Young did. I th- First of all, I, I love what Chase Young has done this year. Okay, By far the best defensive rookie, uh, pro football focus ranked him as the best rookie uh, defender in the league. Chase Young's been great all year, uh, an absolute stud. He, Him in that Washington front seven with Jonathan Bostic and Ryan Kerrigan, they're freaking studs, okay? Washington's a great defense. Chase Young has been great all year. He's been balling out. Um, I love his competitive edge after the game, but to be honest with you, for a guy that I'm hoping they could pull off an upset against the Bucs for a lot of reasons, I I. I I don't like it. And here's why I don't like what he said after the game. The more that I think about it, in the moment, I was like, yeah, I'm fired. I'm fired up for Chase Young. But the more I think about it, I'm like, eh, I don't really like it that much. And here's why I don't like it that much Chase Young, I get it. He's young out of Ohio State. He was a stud at Ohio State. He's young. I think he's my age. I don't know. But the point is, is that Chase, I have a problem with how, ha- with, what Chase Young said in a way that this is not college it's not like you're going up against Michigan okay you're going up against Tom Brady in my opinion arguably the greatest quarterback ever despite some people thinking I'm hating on him I'm I'm admitting it with a clear conscience he's the greatest quarterback ever okay and this is not the first time that someone has yanked a cape on Tom Brady I mean tons of defenders have done that um, have said, I want Tom Brady. I want the smoke on Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's cooked him, you know? I mean, he has that LeBron factor where if you talk crap to LeBron, he's going to come after you. I give him that. Tom Brady, I, I know for a fact he's going he, he to want, go he wants to go at Chase Young. He still has, at 43, I will say this about Tom. He, I, one thing I do respect about him, Tom at least wants the smoke. He's, he is Psycho Tom, what Skip Bayless calls. He wants to get after anybody that talks crap to him. He's not afraid to back down to anybody. I mean, he's not the Psycho Tom as now that he once was in New England. But once you rile him up and, sh- and, and all that, like on the field or even on a, on, a, on a golf course, he's a competitor. He will do anything possible, you know? I mean, Chase Young... He's a rookie. Okay, he lacks experience. I, I, I'm gonna give him a slight pass on that. But for the fact of the experience purpose, I mean, you're going up against Tom Brady. So if you want the smoke on Tom, you better bring the smoke on Tom. Because if you because Chase Young better have a Reggie White or a Lawrence Taylor type of day if he wants to go at Tom Brady. Because the, I haven't made my pick officially yet on this game, even though a lot of people think I have an idea of what I'm going to pick. I, I know what I'm going to pick, but I'm not going to say it yet. I'm going to save it for my pick show this weekend with Adam Pearl and Brandon Grant. But the point is is that the way that Washington and Chase Young in this front seven could beat the Bucks. I mean, it's not just by getting to Tom. Okay, we know that we know that Tom struggles under pressure against good defenses. Okay, you saw what the Rams, Saints, and the Bears did to him. We know I know that they're going to get after Tom, but I if they want to beat Tom, they're going to have to get after him every single play because if the Bucks O line with Tristan Wirfs um, and Jensen um, hold him up. I mean, and Donovan Smith hold Chase Young in this great pass rush, and once you give Tom time, he will find Mike Evans. He will find Chris Godwin. He will find A. B. And he can even with pass with with protection. They can rely on Leonard Fournette. They and and he can throw it to Gronk. He has so many weapons. If if they if the Washington football team does not get after Tom. And if you're going to beat Tom Brady, not only do you have to sack him, you have to get turnovers on him, okay? A forced fumble, um, make him throw in a double coverage. You have to do everything in your power to force a turnover on Tom. Listen to me, Chase Young, and listen clear. Get If you want Tom Brady, you better bring everything you have because as much as I, you know how I my strong opinions against Tom are, I will admit this. I'm mad enough to admit this about Tom. He is the greatest ever and he will not back down for a challenge for anybody. If you want if you're facing an all-time great at, at, at in the NFL or in any sport possible or any profession uh, or in the in sports in any sports, baseball, football, hockey, you name it, tennis, whatever, you better bring a Chase Young. This all-time great will if not that will We'll make you pay. He will make you pay if you don't get after him. You better go after Tom. You better have a Reggie White type game. You better have an Aaron Donald type game. You better do all this. Okay? You better. And as far as the defense saying they want Tom, I mean, okay, do it. Don't tell me, do it. Because I know um I know from experience people said that um I mean, Ruben Patterson, I remember, for the Portland Trailblazers, he said uh, he's the Kobe Bryant stopper. You know what you saw what Kobe did? He had 40 on him. If you want to get after Tom, don't talk about it. Mean it. Okay? Because I I think this Washington football team could get pressure on Tom. I really do. And Skip Bayless, the, the biggest Tom Brady supporter ever said, he doesn't like this matchup for Tom. Okay? So prove it. Get after Tom. Make him throw in the double coverage. Make him throw rag decisions. Get a strip sack on him. Or uh, let alone just sack him. Get after him. If you think you want Tom, if you say you want Tom, get after it. Back it up by your play on the field. If not, you're going to end up on old takes exposed. Okay? Okay? That's all I got to say about Chase Young. So, um, I'm gonna switch gears for a second. I'm gonna talk about speak. I'm gonna talk about an athlete that, other than LeBron, who get got a lot of heat from a, a playoff, a playoff um, snafu, a guy that's received so much criticism, a guy that's nicknamed Way Off P. Or George Paul, or pandemic P, or Shannon Sharp calls him P E E. Uh, Paul George. Look, I'm I'm not, I'm gonna throw my Laker um, shirt and my Laker my Laker fandom clothing and my LeBron loving clothing just aside and take it off for a second and be objective about it. Because one thing, I, when I when I agreed to do a podcast, and I said that I was gonna be objective no matter what my personal feelings are. So I'm going to be objective here about Paul George. So to start the year, he's averaging 25, 5, and 5, shooting 51% from the field, 49% from three. He's, he, I know it's early, okay? I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to jump the bandwagon here, but Paul George so far, I'm going to admit this, he's been playing great, okay? He's been playing great defense. He's hitting his threes very well. He's getting to the lane whenever he wants. He's finding open shooters. He's playing good defense. He's one of the best two-way players in the game. Him and Kawhi are probably the best combo wing defenders together in the league. I will say that. Um, Paul George is off to a great start. And Paul George, as much as people think I roast on him and rip on him, because I love the Lakers and I, I'm not, and I dislike the Clippers. I'm gonna admit this. I, I still think Paul George is a star in this league. Okay, he's proving it. I mean, he came off shoulder surgery and had to uh, two shoulder surgeries and had to uh, gain chemistry with Kawhi. Okay, during the regular season, I'll give him that. Okay, the regular season, I I, I never questioned his talent. I've never questioned his toughness in the regular season. I've never questioned his skills because Paul George is a stud, okay? I mean, when he's right, when he's mentally and physically right, he he could potentially be a top 10 player in the league. league. I'm serious. And now the Clippers are only going to go as far as Kawhi Leonard takes them. But they're also going to rely on Paul George. And to start the year... Uh, in a brief sample size at 5-2, and two, Paul George so far is looking like the best like the best player of, of this year. He's looking like the most, sort of, I'm not going to say he's the most valuable, but he has been the best so far in a short time frame. I'm serious. The way he's playing this year at a regular season pace has been great. I never questioned that. I, I think he's off to a much better start than I anticipated. Okay, I think Paul George has been great, but uh, as far as my criticisms for Paul George are, his lack of mental toughness in the playoffs, uh, not just from last year, obviously, because he went through depression and anxiety, but in, pe- in past playoffs, I'm speaking of, in general playoffs, like when he went up against the Jazz, when he went up against the Blazers, while Russ was having 40 points on him, Paul George is shipping in five to seven points. Eh. That's not great. That's not good. That's terrible. I've never questioned Paul George's ability. I only question his toughness and the fact is that he cannot carry a team. He cannot be a superstar just alone. He can't be a one man to lead a team to a championship. He's a great complimentary star. He's a great complimentary. He's an excellent number two. But he's not a number one. He still is a star in this league. I say he's a borderline top 10 player when mentally and physically right. But the playoffs, I'm still going to have a whole whole lot of questions about him. Because he had five points and seven points in their closeout games when the Thunder faced the Jazz and the Blazers. When when Paul George had his MVP type year two years ago when he finished third in the league in MVP voting, uh, what happened after that? Well, he fell off and turned into way off P in the playoffs. And Dame Lillard hit a three in his face. And what happened uh, during the regular season last year, the games he played? He averaged 21 a game. That's pretty good. But what happened when he went to the playoffs? Uh, he had back-to-back nine-point games, and Luka was dropping buckets on him right and left. And he was known as way off P. And my the last image I remember him uh, of Paul George um, in the playoffs was him shooting from the side of the backboard on a three-point shot. Paul George, I still question heavily in the playoffs. I don't question him in the regular season. Okay, he's regular season Paul George. I mean, he doesn't call himself regular season P. He called himself regular season P. I'll say, okay, he earned that nickname. Regular season P. But what is playoff P? Ho ho He is more like way off P. Paul George is. I do not think they're going to go even far. I don't even think they're going to go to the Western Conference Finals. I still am not picking them any way, shape, or form to beat my Lakers down the road. Hell no. Paul George is going to come up short yet again, and they're probably going to burn that bridge if the Clippers don't at least make it to the Western Conference Finals. But I, and I don't, he's not a championship player. He's a great regular season player. He's off to a very good start, but I have yet to see anything in general for his career for making me to change my mind where I can fully respect him even more. Okay? He's not a championship type guy. I'm sorry. I, I hate to break it to you Clipper fans. I hate to break it to you LeBron haters. He's not that guy. I'm sorry. He's a very nice player. He's a gr- actually a great player, a great two-way player. Him and Kawhi are a great are great two-way players together when they choose to be. But I will say this, I mean, I, in the, even the regular season so far, like throughout I don't know if he's going to maintain this consistency because am I going to get the Paul George that had 39 points against the Suns or am I going to get the Paul George that had 50 points on over six from from three and lost by 51 to the Mavs? I still can't get over how they lost by 51 to the Mavs. I mean, am I going to get a great Paul George performance or a 51 point loss to the Mavs? I don't know what I'm going to get from Paul George. Okay, I know he's going to be talking a lot, okay? I know that he ha- is tough now. I'm sure look, in all jokes aside about Paul George, as far as my criticism goes with Paul George, I'm happy that he's in a better space mentally, okay? He seemed he seemed to get his mind right because after the bubble, I'm sure there was a lot of Everyone was feeling something in the bubble. Um, he's engaged now. Uh, good for him. Um, he's off to a really good start. Um, he played great against the Lakers opening night. He he. People say the Clippers won, beat the Lakers that game. Paul George beat the Lakers that game. Okay, I, I give Paul George credit how he played against the Lakers. They deserve to win that. Paul George was great. Um but the point I'm trying to make is about Paul George. I'm happy he's he's fine, okay? I'm happy that he's doing well and I'm sure he's a really uh, taking off this away way tr is trash on the chalking on the court. Um as much as I don't I'm not a big fan of his like in general as a player, I am sure he's a great guy. Um he I, he still has ways to go before I even remotely consider him to be elite, to be to be having more respect than he does. To be elite, to be in an MVP, to be in the MVP conversation consistently. I know he can play. I know he how great he is. I know he's a borderline top ten player. But if he, but my question, what he's going to come through in the playoffs or not? We're just going to have to wait and see. I don't think he can. I still, I don't think him and Kawhi are the right fit for each other. Um, in general, uh, in the playoffs, regular season they work, but in the playoffs they won't work. I, I certainly don't think Paul George is gonna be the playoff P. He says he will be in the playoffs, but he has a chance to prove me wrong. I have yet to see anything that will change my mind on Paul George. I'll admit this. He's off to a great start, twenty five, five and five. If you're gonna pick a based off of a seven game stretch, I'd say yeah, give him, give him an early on, somewhat early MVP. Consideration, but he still has ways to go. Ways to go. So there's a question going on, um, um, throughout the league with the with uh, what recently happened yesterday with Black Monday as I call for the NFL in which um, coaches uh, got fired. Um, Anthony Lynn for the Chargers got fired. Uh, Doug Marone for the Jaguars got fired. uh, Adam Gase for the Jets obviously got fired. He should have been fired uh, like five, six games into the year. Um, and who else got fired? Uh, Doug Marone got fired, and Romeo and Romeo Cornell's not going to be there. And oh, and the Lions' head coaching job, right? Darren Rovell's not going to be there. Um, so the question is, which team is the most attractive for free for a coaching position? Right now, if you were to ask me right now, I would say it's the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers right now are have it because Justin Herbert, we know how great he is. Um, we know that the Chargers can put up a lot of points on the board. Um, but the thing about the Chargers is this. They do struggle to, to – um, to put teams away. As we saw, it's apparent they blow big leads. They need someone that can maintain like a consistent edge throughout um, a 60 minute football game. And they need an offense. Anthony Lynn's not an offensive coach. He's a defensive guy. They need an offensive coach to further um, evaluate Justin Herbert's game because he was, he's been most, he's been terrific this year, by far the offensive rookie of the year by far. But I mean, he still may he still has some had some bad games here and there. Understandably, as a rookie, and they want him to be a little bit more accurate with his passing, and may and see a little bit and throw the ball a little bit more down the field. They still have ways to they still want to develop Justin Herbert, and I think that I've heard rumors about Jason Garrett being the coach of the Chargers. I mean, before like Jerry Jones got into the way of things. I mean, Jason Garrett was a good offensive coordinator. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys were a top ten offense in the league during his time as a head coach, and he had a fifty-six percent winning percentage as a head coach at Dallas. So he's not bad, like some people think he is. I mean, he turned into he was he was only bad his last year in Dallas because Jerry Jones treated him like a puppet. I mean, I'm not gonna blame all that on Jason Garrett. And clearly, the organization is we know of Dallas is not uh, kosher, so that's just my take on it. Um, the Jaguars' position, I, I saw something they have like a hundred million dollars in salary cap and cap room uh, for Florida. That's included the Florida state income taxes. So, whew, they're going to be loaded with the first round picks they have and the second round picks they have, and with Trevor Lawrence going to be there. I mean, look, that that's a great position to open up. That really is. That that will be an amazing position to open up. I think that anybody. I've heard Urban Meyer be a good fit for the Jaguars. I don't know. Um, th- that the Jaguars' position looks really interesting. I mean, look, think about this. They do. You you can laugh about the Jaguars all you want. They need some moves defensively in the draft. And they have a great running back in James Robinson. He's a top three rusher in the league. He's no joke. They just need better weapons uh, receiving-wise. They need. They obviously need Trevor. They, they're going to get Trevor. They just need to stack up on defense and get some more weapons on offense. I think with the salary cap they have and if they get at least a head coach that's, that can run a good, solid offense and a good defensive-minded head coach—defensive-minded—and some good defensive coordinators. I think that they could potentially be competitive next year. In Florida, great weather, a lot salary cap, number one pick. That seems very—that seems very enticing. But in the end, if you're talking about short-term, I mean, the Chargers— could have put some games away throughout the year. I mean, I'm just looking at the Chargers, who they faced this year, and the games they they lost by. uh, They they were close in, like, every single game possible. Uh, They lost to the Chiefs by three. They lost to the Panthers by five. They were up seventeen over the Bucks, and they lost thirty-eight to thirty-one. They lost to the Saints in overtime by three. They lost to the Broncos while leading twenty-four to three. They lost to them by one. They lost to the Raiders by five. They lost at Miami by eight, um, and they had bad losses, obviously at Buffalo and the horrible forty-five to nothing loss against the Patriots. So, but they won their last four games, albeit the Chiefs rested uh, Patrick Mahomes in the last game. So the Chargers have the, all the talent offensively. They're a top six or seven offense. They have a they have the the pieces. They just need defense. And they need Joey Bosa was out. They just need a more. They just need to be, get healthy on defense. They need. They just need an offensive minded coach. And I think they're set. I think they can. It's too early to call, but they have a shot to make the playoffs next year, and potentially give maybe the Chiefs a scare in the playoffs in the division. Sorry. They could potentially give the chiefs a scare in the division. So moving on, uh, about, uh, the guy in the team that I said that once the bears lose, which team I'm going to root for, it's the Cleveland Browns. Um, so I'm going to get, I'm going to talk about my, uh, the guy that I support, the guy I defend more than most Baker Mayfield. So, here are my chances on the Browns' uh, potential chances to beat the Steelers. Well, unfortunately, what the unfortunate news I found out earlier this morning was that uh, Kevin Stefanski tested positive for COVID, asymptomatic. Uh, I'm gonna knock on wood for his recovery, and uh, the chief and uh, the the Browns' best O lineman is out. Um, I don't know what the reason is, either COVID or injury. I'm not to- totally sure what it is, um, and you're out with your you're with your security blanket without your your, your play caller, your leader. So I, Baker's thrown into a very tough mix. Uh, he yes, he has the run game, and he has a great offensive line. Um, and it depends on how well his front seven of his defense can do well against the line of scrimmage. But when I really look at it. I mean, Baker, he's, Baker, it's, they're only going to go as far as Baker Mayfield takes them with his arm, okay? Baker Mayfield, quietly, since week seven, he's thrown 16 touchdowns to two interceptions, okay? He's quietly been a top five quarterback in the league during that stretch. I mean, pro football focus ranked him as the fifth best quarterback during the stretch. He's been playing very well, okay? I personally think already he's better than Jared Goff. And okay, I think he's, he's better than him. I, Baker's been playing great this year um, at, throughout most of the year. Okay, he had that bad game against the Jets, but his three best receivers were out and a lot of his old linemen were out. Okay, so I mean, look, he and before that and before his last interception, which came a Monday night game against the Ravens, he's thrown 187 straight throws without an interception. Okay, he's been playing very well. Baker Mayfield, the Browns are only going to go as far, or if they have at least a shot to beat the Steelers. Again, haven't made my picks yet. I don't. Let's just say though, I don't like their, the Browns' chances because they're, they're, their 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 O line is banged up. Their defense hasn't. Their secondary has been terrible. Obvious, been terrible this year. Um, uh, Denzel Ward. I don't know what situation is for Sunday's game. Uh, Malcolm Smith has been out. I don't like their chances in a sense of which, of the fact that the Steelers defense can cause a lot of turnovers, can get after the quarterback. And Steelers defense, as much the cra- Steelers team, as much crap as I've given them last couple of weeks, they're still a really good defense. They're still a great defense. Okay. When you have that defense, you're in every game. And Big Ben, as much as I think his arms deteriorated, he can at least push the ball. He still can't at times push the ball down the field, and he still can um, make easy completions. I don't trust the Browns' secondary in that. And Baker and what happened in the game Sunday, the Steelers were a two-point conversion away from, from tying against the Browns, potentially ruining the Browns' chances of even being in the playoffs right now. So, look... I I I think Baker has been great this year, but it's only going to be dependent on how his arm is. I'm not questioning his his anything about him. I'm questioning if he can win sometimes, win big games. But this is prime time. You're in the playoffs, and this is your third year against a division rival. But the fact is, you don't have Stefanski as your head coach and your play calling is and you don't, and you have you're you're without your security blanket because when baker has changed coordinators and coaches for all these years he's struggled but when now that he's with now that he's had Stefanski he's helped him out he's been a security blanket to baker and it's going to be tough i mean yes i read reports that Stefanski's going to be in the mix uh for as far as the game plan execution virtually of course but it's not the same though when you when your head coach the guy that's made you the most successful to succeed is not there so i, I don't like the browns chances against the steelers i could be wrong i'm going to be rooting for baker i love a good underdog story with the cleveland browns um but i mean look they 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 have their hands full of the steelers i'll just say that so I, I'm going to do my last. Uh, I'm going to do my power rankings, the top 10 teams that I have. It's not just based off of the win loss record, it's really based off of uh, the eye test from what I have seen and the level of competition these teams have faced of who belongs in the top 10 discussion, in the top 10 of the, um, the top 10 NFL power rankings. So let's get right into it. Uh, we're going to start from number 10 and work our way down to number one. So let's start with number 10 on the list is the uh Cleveland well, the team I just talked about, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, yes, I don't like their chances against the Steelers. I haven't made my pick officially yet. Uh the Browns do worry me in terms of how, even though they've won games, they have a, they're the only play they're the only they're one of two playoff teams, them and the bears, to have a negative point differential um going into the playoffs. Um I look, their defense is banged up. Their secondary, there've been questions about them all year with all year. They I question the fact if they're going to win. Uh I've questioned the fact that even if they've beaten some good teams, they haven't won convincingly. Um, they still have a good offensive line. They still have the best rushing attack in the league. Baker has been playing a lot better than what most people expected, okay? Um, but, I mean, I don't like their chances and the fact their defense is questionable, um, but their offense gives them a chance in every game. Um, at number nine on the list is uh, on the on my list at number nine. Is the Steelers the team I just talked about? Look, people. People think I hate Pittsburgh uh, and the Steelers. I, I don't. I try to be objective. What one the thing I said early in the show is I try to be objective with what I say on each team and each athlete. Um, but I will say this: the defense of the Steelers gives them every chance they have to win. Okay, they're they're the number two total defense in the league. Okay, they can get after the quarterback. They're number three against the pass. Um, and they're and they're a top ten run defense. They still are a are a, one of the best defensive teams in the league. Okay, and one stat that I like about the Steelers um, is that the the quarterbacks that faced the Steelers that all the quarterbacks they faced they've had a QBR a total of seventy six uh, on average. So they're a great against the against the against the quarterbacks they faced this year. Um, yes, they do struggle against good competition, like like the Bills, for instance. But, or the, um like the Bills. But they do, they do find ways to win games because of their defense. And I really like the Steelers and, and Je- I really like the Steelers defense. I do have questions about Big Ben, though, how that arm's going to hold up. Um, yes, he had a great second half against the Colts, but, I mean, he—that was just an out of the blue spurt where he probably drank Red Bulls at halftime. So I—I I, I am not completely sold on Big Ben because his arm has deteriorated. The run game is bad, but the O line is still very good for Pittsburgh. They still, with Big Ben's style, how he stands in and out of the, in the pocket, they, the O line deserves a lot of praise for how they've been able to give Ben time. I just question Big Ben and the run and the run game has been bad all year. But I still think they, they're going to be competitive in the playoffs. At number eight on my list are the Titans, the, the AFC South Division winners. The Titans have an unlimited offense. They have an unlimited offense. So the number three total offense, Ryan Tannehill, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, has been a top seven to eight quarterback in the league this year. He's elite. He's been terrific, and if you're going to try to stop the run with Derrick Henry, Tannehill's going to make you pay, although it was against the Green Bay Packers, which was terrible. It was a bad loss, but I mean, I guess a great team, but I mean, other than that, he was in the cold, okay? He was in the cold, and the Titans are not a cold-weather team, and, you know, and they still had the best running back in the game, and Derrick Henry has joined the list of Eric Dickerson and Walter Payton and uh Emmett Smith and LT Ladanian Tomlinson among the 2K rushing club 2000 yards they have an unlimited offense their defense though is very suspect they have the worst pass rush in the league um out of against the pass Total, they they have little to no pass rush. Out of the 32 teams in the league, they're the 29th team against the pass. And they're the number—I'm just going to pull up the stats right here. They are the number uh, 28th defense in the league. So I have questions about them defensively. And again, I haven't made my pick yet. But something about them playing the Ravens, they try to get up after this team in some way, shape, or form. The defense is questionable, but typically during the time the playoffs come, whether it's NBA or NFL, these teams start to pick it up. Uh, They start to pick it up in a sense that once they've struggled during regular season, they seem to fix their problems come playoff time. So look, I think the Titans maybe could generate some pass rush, but I I have questions about them with their front seven, and I I still have questions about them, but with that that offense they can go very far and i picked them to be a dark horse to win the afc this year it's looking iffy but they still can make another run who knows at number 7 t- is are the tampa bay bucks now uh, the tampa bay bucks they do they are a fool's gold in a sense because this is a stat they are 10 and 0 against teams that are uh, non playoff teams or 10 and 0 um, but the, when they play against playoff teams, that yes, that includes my Bears, they are one in five. So, so look, I mean, they they do struggle against teams that they're better that 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 they're better that they're worse than. Um, but yes, to, they have an explosive offense. Um, Tom Brady against bad teams, albeit, has looked really well. They're number two um, passing in passing. Um, they have the best receive. They have one of the best receiving cores in the league, and in, in A. B. Godwin, Mike Evans. They have a great run game. Um, their defense is is hit and miss. They are great. They're at times can be a great front seven with JPP and Shaq Barrett, um, and um, but and, and but their secondary is a little questionable. Um, their defense is great against the run. The, the, they're the number one rush defense, but you, you can throw on them. They are a they are a middle of the pack. Um they're a below average um big time play defense where they can't where teams can throw on them. So I do have questions about this defense from a secondary perspective and the fact they let up big yards to to quality quarterbacks like Drew Brees and Mahomes but, I mean, their their offense, though, I, I, I'm i curious to see how they do against a playoff team, let alone a great defense, with the Washington football team. Again, haven't made my picks yet, but this is going to be a very interesting one. So, stay tuned for that perspective. For, stay tuned for that. At number six, Ravens. Uh the Ravens have qua- have been the hottest team in the league uh recently. Uh Baltimore is the only team to have 200 plus rushing yards in their last 5 games. Um and they're the only team to in the NFL to have to average more rushing yards than passing yards. Lamar has played a lot better in the red zone this year. I will say that. He's throwing he's been throwing the ball great of late. Um but when I really looked at who they've played recently, the strength of schedule people are ignoring, in um, during their five game win streak. This is these are the teams they face against. Albeit one against the Browns, but when Lamar came back in, the Browns defense got off guard. Um, they beat the Cowboys, they beat the Jaguars, they beat the Giants, and they beat the Bengals. So I have yet to see Lamar beat a legitimately tough. Gritty, great team. I have yet to see that. I have a lot of questions about Lamar going into the postseason. If he can, if he can win the big game, yes, the Titans defense is very suspect, and they're they're not a good defense. I just mentioned, but I do think. But there is something about how the tit, about the Titans facing the Ravens where they get up for these games, and yes, they're at Tennessee now. Um, we're I'm very interested about that game. I, I'm, I haven't made my pick yet, but I'm leaning towards a pick. Haven't said it yet. But Lamar's been playing great of late, of late. his Hollywood Brown's been playing really well. The defense is very tough to go up against. They're the number out of 32 teams in the league, just reminding people that. Uh, they're the seventh-ranked defense. Uh, they have a good pass rush with Calais Campbell um, and Marlon Humphreys. They're a great defense. Um they have a good a great run game. They have the number one rushing attack in the league. They have the number one um statistically the, the um the number one uh rushing attack in the league. yeah, they're number one Tennessee's number two. so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with um with with the Ravens versus titans um but I like what how the Ravens have played despite a very weak schedule so who knows? At number five, Seattle. Yes, I have questions about them on offense. But look, when you go to the playoffs, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, they're a great head coach and quarterback duo. You do not want to face the the defense has been a ama- has quietly been a top the top defense in the league the last five to six weeks. They they have surprised people. Um, they the number one allowing in points allowed per game fewest points allowed. Jamal Adams being healthy really helps. Carlos Dunlap coming into the mix, they can get after the quarterback. They can make him throw. They can make the QB make Iraq decisions. They can force turnovers. Uh, they can run the ball. I do worry about their offense though. Um, I, I will say that um, the Seahawks have had the worst passing offense for the entire league over the last three weeks. Um, they, yes, they've, they've held Russell back. They, from the let Russ cook thing to how he was the early on MVP to start the year that he has held back for the benefit of the defense and the run game. But during playoff time, they're going to have to have rely on Russell Wilson to throw the, to throw the ball. And at least, and at least cook because he is, he did, he is a super bowl winning quarterback. He has multiple playoff experience. He, this is his time to shine. So I, 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 like, I, I, think I like Seattle at number five because with how the way the defense is played, the way the running game is played, and the experience of, of Russell and Pete Carroll, they're tough to beat. So I like Seattle at number five. At number four on my list um, are the Saints. They're the most complete roster in the league. They're a top-10 offense and a top-10 defense. If you look at the, the weapons they have, I mean, on the offensive side with Michael Thomas coming back, Emmanuel Sanders, Alvin Kamara, they they, they are – and and Jared Cook and Taysom Hill being the great Swiss Army knife he is. He They're a loaded offense. They really are. Um, and defensively, they are a top-two defense. They're the, the – in my opinion. Statistically, the number-fourth-ranked defense. But that's because who they played recently with the with the chiefs, but I mean they're still a really good defense they're the number four against the pass um they're number four against the run they are a great they have a great front seven led by cam Jordan and Davenport um and they are a really good front seven um I do question though about drew brees that's my biggest question mark and yes. The last three uh, games the Saints have had in the playoffs have all ended on a last play. Um, I mean, it is, it is, um, have all ended on a last second game-winning play. Very unfortunate. Um, I do question Drew Brees in the playoffs because I question his health. He hasn't looked great since he came back from the injury, from the serious injury he had. Um, They rushed him back too soon against the Chiefs. I, I like, I don't love Taysom Hill. As quarterback, it's very interesting to see what happens with Drew Brees moving forward. We'll see how he does against my Chicago Bears pass rush. I do think the Saints will win this game, um, but I I haven't picked on. I've made my picks officially, but I, I think that they, if Drew Brees is right, like physically right, I would. I think they're gonna be. They could potentially make the Super Bowl, and I picked them to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Chiefs. So we'll see how that pick holds up. At number three, Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay has been playing great they've had the fewest penalties and the fewest giveaways in the league um, Aaron rodgers has been the MVP this year 48 touchdowns to five interceptions um 40 uh, 48 passing touchdowns to five interceptions 51 total touchdowns if you include the three rushing touchdowns a rod has been great he's throwing he he's he's first he's tied for first in yards per attempt um, number um, number two in completion percentage. I mean, number one in total, QBR, he's been great. Best receiver in the league, Devontae Adams. He's been phenomenal. The run game, Aaron Jones, is great. The defense has been playing a lot, has been playing very well uh, of late. They do still struggle against the run, but they are a very fundamentally sound defense. Out of the 32 teams in the league, they are ranked as the ninth best defense out there. So they, they're, no, they're starting to get some notoriety on the defensive end. They have a really good secondary. The Smith brothers in the front seven are really good. The Packers are tough. They are really tough. But I do question once they go up against a physical team like the Saints in the playoffs um, or whoever they face in the divisional round, I do worry how they will do against a team that's more physical than them. Because you saw what the Bucks and the Colts did. Once you're physical against the Green Bay Packers, you can get after A-Rod, force them to make erratic decisions with the football. And, and once you have your run game going, the, the Packers defense can't stop the run. So I'm very interested to see how that turns out moving forward in the playoffs. At number three, um, uh, sorry, at number two, Buffalo. Josh Allen is, has reached up to, to number two on the MVP list. They're the number two total offense in the league. I mean, think about what Josh Allen has done. I mean, with just Stephon Diggs, who's phenomenal. I mean, Stefan Diggs was very good, but, but him and a great quarterback, Stefan Diggs has turned into the top three receiver in the league this year. Stephon Diggs has been terrific. He leads all receivers in receiving yards and and second among in touchdown passes. And, and, and top five in touchdown passes catched. He's been great. He's been awesome. Leeds league in, uh, Leeds league in receptions. What they did against the Miami Dolphin defense, fifty-six. Even without Josh Allen, they're an explosive offense. Their their defense is great situationally. They're great. Um, they're, they have their oh, they the run game. I do worry about. They're very inconsistent. And once Josh Allen goes up against a good defense or at least a somewhat decent pass rush, and I'm curious to see the further this team goes in the playoffs. I'm, I'm curious to see Josh Allen, how he, how he does as far as when it comes down to the nitty gritty, when he gets deeper, because he, this is only his third year in the league. He still is very young. He still has an amazing arm, but I'm curious to see what, when he goes up against like an, like a great defense, how he will do um, against them. So I'm very curious to see how that works out. Um, I think that they're tough to beat, though. Buffalo's number two. At number one, people think I'm biased. They love Mahomes, and because they have the best record, it's the Chiefs. Look, 14 and two is still 14 and two. They still have the most explosive team uh, offense in the league. Mahomes is still bit the best quarterback in the league. He has that LeBron factor where he is the best player, but he may, but and he's, every year he's in the MVP conversation, but he mostly doesn't win it. But the, but still, he's been playing unbelievable this year. He's second in, in top three in every category possible. The Tyree Kill is a top two receiver. He's been terrific this year. Uh, Kelsey, he he's the obvious. He's gonna be the greatest tight end ever one day. I think he can pass Gronk in that. The offense has all the talent in the world. The defense is is actually played is, it can play very well. Um, they 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 allow the tenth fewest points in the league. Um, their their sec, their pass rush is okay. Their secondary is a little questionable, and I'm cur- and their secondary is a little questionable. But overall, once they get the run game going, Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Le'Veon Bell, and once you get Mahomes time, he's gonna make the other team pay. He is the best quarterback in the league. The defense is still is really good, and they are the champs and fourteen to two. I don't care. They almost lost these games. Still, they won fourteen two is fourteen to two. They're 4-0 against playoff teams. Okay? They beat the Saints. They beat the Bucs. Okay? They, they beat the Bills. They beat the Ravens. They win these games. I don't care how close it is. You still win. You play to win. And the Chiefs are winning. And I still think the road still goes through Kansas City. So I'm going to say So I still think they're the, number, they're the best team in the league uh, going to the playoffs. All righty. That concludes my show for today. Um, I'll check back in with you next time. Have a good night. And go get them.